Welcome to the Money Answer Show with host Jordan Goodman. Whether you are starting out, deep into your retirement, or somewhere in between, the Money Answer Show has the know-how to help you. Now here's your host, Jordan Goodman. Welcome to the Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ken Van Lu. He is a real estate expert. He's written a book called Modern Wealth Building Formula, How to Master Real Estate Investing. And his website is KenVanLu.com. Welcome to the Money Answer Show, Ken. Thank you. Just give us a brief, a brief history, not the whole link, but just a brief history of how you've gotten to where you are today and your experience in the real estate markets. Sure. You know, I started out studying civil engineering and just never really liked sitting at the desk. And in my studies, I had won a real estate site design award which planted the seed back when I graduated civil engineering from New Jersey Institute of Technology. Fast forward after building a bunch of skyscrapers in New York City for a large construction management firm, I decided to go out on my own. My first deal was a $17 million multi, uh, assisted living development, 113 beds, and that just led to more developments and more high-rises in Manhattan. Very good. So let's talk about the real estate market a little bit right now. I mean, it's gone through an enormous shift because of COVID. Uh, people are moving out of cities into suburbs, not going into the offices they did before. How has that affected the valuation of the kind of buildings that you're involved in? Yes. You know, fortunately, you know, I'm more weighted in residential and development right now, but um, some of my partners and deals that I have very small shares in on the commercial side, you know, we're struggling. You know, we're making a lot of deals with tenants to keep them on board. Fortunately, the medical office buildings that we're holding in New Jersey are, you know, well-tenanted by medical mostly, and which is supporting it. But in other instances and in other markets, commercials taking a bath. Fortunately, we're in a bunch of entitlement plays right now, which is paying fees. And, you know, we're seeing a large trend and a lot of money going into the single family side now. So... There's all kinds of things that are happening. There's a lot of moving targets, but you, you hit the nail on the head. You know, everybody's kind of scattering out of the cities, trying to get out of even multifamily apartments and trying to upgrade into homes now. So what is your out, long-term outlook for uh, cities and commercial real estate, particularly office and retail in central cities? It's not only New York. It's Boston. It's Los Angeles. It's San Francisco, Chicago, all the major cities this is happening. What is your long-term outlook for commercial in these central cities? Yeah, you know, the outlook, you know, is a little bit of a crystal ball right now. You know, I think a lot of companies are still deciding, you know, what they're going to do with the workforce. You know, at first it appeared to be a temporary glitch, you know, that, that, you know, that we would get over, you know, I think sooner than later. But, you know, what we're finding is there are some companies, I, I think it was Salesforce that I just read recently, has decided to let employees work from home for the rest of their career so in those instances you know where they're you know they're tied to leases you know i, th I think there's going to be a, a big fallout with you know commercial landlords having a hard time filling the space especially in manhattan where you have you know millions of square feet i don't know that we'll have that kind of impact on the smaller offices but you know we're in for we're in for some some you know beatings i would say on the commercial side retail you know, retail has been, you know, which is which has been interesting for a few years now, and it's really, I think, been affected more by, um, you know, by the wave of the internet. You know, with, you know, I mean, I I can't even think of the last time I I go out shopping for Christmas gifts anymore. But, 
you know, I think that the COVID just kind of hit it hard and is, is, you know, kiboshed hospitality to the point where if, uh, you know, if our, or if our vaccines aren't going to work, I mean, that's going to be another struggle for a long time. So there's a lot of what ifs. So as an investor in real estate, some would say just stay away from office buildings and retail and downtown commercial. Some would say this is the bargain of a lifetime and you're, you're getting these things when they're really cheap and they're going to come back when we get the vaccine and we're going to get back to normal economy. Where do you stand on that? No, I agree 100%. I am gearing up with you know funding and preparing for opportunities. I think in all of the struggling markets, there's going to be tremendous opportunity. You know, will you have to hold things for a while and get creative and, you know, see how things evolve? Yeah, possibility. But there's some commercial projects that have dropped, you know, substantially in price. And I, and I personally think that's a great opportunity. And in any cycle, there's always great opportunity. And I think there's a lot of opportunity in single family residential now. Let's talk about commercial first, and then we'll get to residential. So as an investor, for example, would you be investing now in real estate investment trusts that own office, downtown office kind of buildings and and, uh, 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 shopping malls and various kinds of retail because they've been hit so hard? Is is this a great bargain for the investor to to get into those now? Yeah, you know, I've been thinking about that. That's an interesting fact um, because, you know, I, I, I guess probably the toughest one that I found was one asset that was worth 200 that actually dropped to 20. So, I mean, I don't see how you could lose in that instance. I mean, if I, you know, if I had some disposable revenue, I mean, I, I think a little bit different as far as investing because I'm always the kind of guy that wants to create the investment. But I do think that, you know, now would be a time to buy. You know, I don't think they're, they're going to drop much more in value. And those sites are even, some of those sites are even worth that value. So, you know, I, I wouldn't say no to it, but, you know, like anything else, you know, look at the risk factors, look at the portfolio and, uh, and consider it. So you built a lot of skyscrapers, particularly in New York. What's going to happen to new construction? And would you build a new uh, tower in New York or other central cities today? You know, great question. You know, there, there's been one or two deals, um, coming past my plate, but, you know, based on the skepticism, I would not break ground on anything right now. You know, we, we you know, we've started to look at the, the different cost structures and, you know, it's, it's, it's cheaper to buy right now. Um, in a lot of cases, I am building co- coincidentally a, uh, a CVS, which we're supposed to break ground in August. And, um, you know, that's something that I would go for only because I have a driving lease to it. But, you know, um, new construction, as far as vertical right now in Manhattan with all the available space, that would not be something that I would be pursuing now because there's actually some projects in New York that have not been able to sell out because of the, you know, because of the COVID. And, you know, those projects are going to be hard to come, you know, come about again. So how about on the residential side? First, let's do the cities, and then we can talk about the suburbs. But in the cities, in New York and other places, you've got these pencil towers, these huge buildings that were put up with multimillion-dollar apartments, many of them vacant. Is that going to fill up again, or what's going to happen to those buildings that were put up during the boom? Yeah, I, I think they're going to fill up. I mean, now's now's the time where you can capitalize on residential in New York City, and I, 
you know, I, I always truly believe New York City will come back. Uh, you know, I, I witnessed it myself personally after the World Trade Center collapse. Never in a million years would have I thought that it would have restored, rebounded, you know, the way that it has. And I truly believe it will come back. So, you know, I would say grabbing, you know, you know, residential, you know, prices that are now down like, you know, the $1,200,000 range, you'll eventually be back up at 1500 so as an investment, you're saying uh, you could so, – so how would you go about doing it? There's so much on the, on the market now, and, and it's not only Manhattan. It's other central cities as well. How would you pick which one to go – which one is going to have the value come back the strongest? Yeah. Um, well, you know, number one, and it was kind of, I think, a little bit of a two-part question. One was, you know, maybe how do you go about looking for it or um, yeah. which one do you think would come back the strongest? You know, I think – you know, in you know, in in any real estate deal, you know, there's you know, there's opportunities you can take advantage, but there's also what I find, you know, with you know, with a lot of deals that you can create win-win situations, not necessarily take advantage of people um, when they're losing, but you know, sometimes you know, it's it's not in their view such a win-win situation, but in, in today's world where people are in trouble because of the challenges with employment, you know, you're going to find a lot of deals where there's equity and they just can't really afford it. And, you know, there's a little bit of a frenzy with a buy, but as things start to filter out, there's going to be deals where people, you know, you know, would probably do some type of cash for keys because they need to get out of a pinch. And there's a little bit of equity in the deal that, you know, you're not paying a premium. So, you know, I think in any type of deal, you want to look and take that you know, context and, and approach, you know, and then as far as, you know, what's going to come back in the cities first, you know, I would think that, um, you know, that the residential is going to come back first, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, you know, that's just because it's, you know, it's so transient and people, you know, aren't going to, you know, in my opinion, want to commute, especially when they can get something at, at discounted values. So you don't think it's overbuilt then, like downtown, again, not only Manhattan, but other major cities, they're not overbuilt at this point. Um, well, you know, I, I mean, before this whole thing occurred, you know, I mean, New York, um, you know, was, was hitting the point where absorption was, was starting to be an issue. Um, you know, and we were at the end of what I was saying, a, a bit of a cycle where there was going to be an adjustment. I didn't think that there would be an adjustment like in you know, in, in 2008, but, um, you know, there's no question things are struggling with penciling out and, um, you know, that was just my thought, but, you know, it's a little bit of a crystal ball. Like this is something that's never really occurred before, you know? So that's kind of the central cities on the residential in the suburbs where people are leaving the cities and going to the suburbs. Do you think it's getting too hot and, and it's dangerous for people to buy it, get into bidding wars and all the things that are happening in the suburbs? Yeah, you know, it's the question got that question was asked to me like a few times last week because, you know, young people, you know, don't want to keep paying rent. They want to, you know, get into some type of real estate. And then there's like a bidding war frenzy that's going on as people scatter from the city and people are finding out like, wow, like now if I'm not going to go back to work, you know, I want to, you know, create more workspace in my home. So maybe I'll be, you know, maybe I'll take the money that I was spending on my commute and see if I can upgrade from, 
you know, an apartment to a single family home. So, you know, we're, we're seeing stuff like we've never seen before on the outskirts of the city yeah. um, where, where people are, you know, having the bidding wars and there's just actually no inventory. So, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm mustering up some sites and, you know, seeing if we could, we can build some stuff real quick, you know, because if you're going to pay a premium on a new build, you know, that's a opportunity for people to make profit also. Very good. We're going to take a break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of the Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ken Van Lu. He is a real estate expert. Uh, his book is called Modern Wealth Building Formula, How to Master Real Estate Investing. You can find out more about Ken and his books and other things at Ken Liu, uh, KenVanLu.com. We'll be back after this. There have been so many people dying this year of COVID, now almost 500,000, that's causing enormous financial distress for survivors who are left behind. Many people do not have close enough, have close to enough saved up to be able to maintain their lifestyles when the breadwinner of the household dies of COVID or other causes. You really don't want to leave your spouse and kids with a huge financial burden that they can't handle. The simple solution is to get a life insurance policy, which will pay those who depend on you a death benefit if you die. It makes sense why people get life insurance, especially term coverage, which is surprisingly affordable these days. Why not pay a bit each month to protect the ones you love? If you're asking yourself this question, choose Ladder. Ladder makes it impressively fast and easy to get covered. You just need a few minutes and a phone or laptop to apply. Ladder's smart algorithms work in real time, so you'll find out instantly if you're approved. No hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. And since life insurance costs more as you get older, now is the time to cross it off your list. Lock in your best rate today and get your family covered with Ladder. Go to ladderlife.com slash moneyanswers. That's ladderlife.com slash moneyanswers. Ladderlife.com slash moneyanswers to get the best deal on life insurance. Nobody likes the guy who says, I told you so. The guy in 1991 who said to you, invest in the internet, it's going to be huge. Or the guy in 1997 who said, come on, this is going to be big. They call it social media. And the guy in 2009 who said, I'm telling you, man, crypto is real. Now, I'm not going to be that guy who says, I told you so. But I am telling you that there is a 21-year-old international company where you can become a global project partner, earning a passive income doing exactly what you're doing at this moment. No selling, no recruiting clients, no administering a business after hours. Visit www.mypassiveincome.life now. That's mypassiveincome.life. Don't let history repeat itself on this one. Earn a passive income. Now listen again. That's mypassiveincome.life. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. 
We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ken Van Lu. He is a real estate expert. His book is called Modern Wealth Building Formula, How to Master Real Estate Investing. And you can find out more at his website, which is KenVanLu.com. Welcome back to the show, Ken. Thank you, Jordan. It's a pleasure to be here. At the beginning of your book, you talk about how to rethink your approach and why it makes sense to do real estate now. And we've got the stock market booming. Bitcoin is booming. Commodities are booming. Interest rates are very low. So in that environment, why real estate as opposed to these other markets that are just soaring these days? Great question. You know, it's it really comes down to personal comfort level, and and I you know have dabbled in stocks, but it's just something that, you know, I I'm not an expert. I I feel out of my comfort zone, and even though I'm in the market, I have a hard time without the tangibility that I've always had in real estate, and and just over time, I you know I'm not that I'm bashing the stock market. You know, I just believe in real estate. You can create the diversifications, and there's always opportunities because as we're seeing cycles now in all of these cycles, you know, there's not only opportunity, but there's, you know, long-term wealth opportunities, you know, so, you know, that's why I've always leaned towards real estate. And, you know, to me, I believe that, uh, you know, to, to be in the stock market, you know, if if I was going to do it, I'm more of like a hands-on guy, you know, so that's, it may be, like I said, personal preference, Jordan. So these are some of the advantages you talk about that real estate has that other things do not have. The first one being leverage. So leverage can work both ways, but why in general is an advantage to use leverage in real estate? Yeah, what I, you know, it's another great question. You know, normally people leverage real estate when you buy something, you you know, you obviously know loan to value and people try to leverage it as much as possible. People that are in the military a lot of times get you know, these loans where they can put down as low as three to 5%, you know, and, and that's really leverage, right? You're leveraging other people's money. I always learn the more you can leverage, the more you can, you know, more cash flow you can build. So, you know, I find that, you know, leveraging in real estate and using the formula enables you to leverage it almost to the maximum because in many cases, you know, I give opportunities to other people where they invest the money. I invest a much smaller portion than if I was trying to do it myself. And what that does is, you know, you know, leverages the leverage of my money. So back in 2008, 2009, people had a huge amount of leverage. They put down a small amount and it didn't work out so well. What lessons have you learned from those times as far as using leverage in today's market? Yeah, I mean, what I, what I learned back then, you know, you know, I think part of that was relative to valuation and a lot of the things were false valuation. You know, I, I believe that um, the leverage component added to the, you know, the misrepresentation around value engineer, you know, about that the value value estimates and and the diluting of, you know, the corporate backed securities and things. So, you know, I really learned, you know, I guess the old cliche, you know, you, you earn when you buy real estate. You know, in the buy, not in the sell, and you know that's 
pretty much stands true till this day. You know, I just kind of follow that suit. So how does that affect today? We we went through that crash back in 2008, 2009. Yeah. Um, today, there's still a lot of leverage in the real estate market. People are taking out mortgages because of low interest rates. There's a lot of fix and flippers out there. Uh, there are a lot of companies that are buying uh, single-family homes to rent out. Uh, as you said, there's a shortage of inventory. So just kind of take us to today and, and the use of leverage in today's market with those factors. Yeah, yeah you know, there's no question. There's there's definitely an increase in, in risk, you know, by, you know, by a factor. Um, I, I don't necessarily know that... Uh, you know that it's substantially more. I think it, it, it equates to there's there's less meat in the in the projects. There's less margin for error. You know, I wouldn't say that you're you're in situations if you buy properly that you know that you're that you're going to maybe take a bath, but you know you're you're going to be you know possibly taking a hit. You know, fortunately, you know you get other tax benefits in those cases, but you know I do believe that. Uh, you know, it's it's still a viable play. You know. So, what are some of the tax benefits that real estate offers that stocks and bonds and other asset classes do not offer? Yeah, you know what I really found. You know, you know, you get your appreciation, your depreciation. You know, there's there's actually like a principal um, mortgage re- reduction uh, return that you get in real estate. You know, besides your cash on cash and you know, other factors. But what I really found that the benefits is, you know, when you become a real estate investor, you know, and getting started, you know, young, you know, it gives you the opportunity to to write off some of your, your income that you're earning, you know, through maybe a corporate platform, you know, and, and that's where you start to see, you know, like, you know, in today's world, especially with what's going on, you know, back in the day, you know, if you were to try to write off your home office, you know, it'd be like a red flag. But in today's world, you know, if you go in and you're doing passive real estate investing or training yourself to get into real estate investing, you know, these are the tax advantages. I mean, you know, lunches, automobile, car, office, these are tax advantages that are available to the business owner. And real estate, you know, gives you some additional, the ones that I mentioned, you know, some passive income, um, you know, benefits that you can carry it over into future years. So what exactly do you need to do to show that you're a serious real estate investor to qualify for those taxes? There's a certain amount of time you have to put in, a certain amount of money. What, what is it that you have to do to prove that you are uh, you know, a real estate investor to, to qualify for those breaks? You know, that's a great question. You know, I, if I were to, to define it as far as items or, or if I had my lawyer hat on, I don't know that I want to say that exactly. I, I guess from my experience, um, you know, if, if, if you're – if you're in integrity and you start a company and you know you form it for real estate investing and you're and you're training and you know you you you're into it for a year, you know I don't think there's anything illegal about you taking advantage of of what everybody else does, you know. Um, but you know, of course, I'll leave it. You know, make sure you check with your your accountant and your lawyer. You know that I I don't I couldn't you know I don't know the exact answer and I don't mean to not give you an answer, but. That's my answer. <laughs> okay. So you go through the various types of real estate investing. One specifically you talk about is fix and flip. So there's a lot of that going on in today's market. Does that make sense or is it a too heated a market and you're buying too high to be able to flip it profitably? 
Well, you know, I honestly feel, you know, fix and flips work all the time. And, you know, yes, what you just said is true. But, you know, the way that I've learned and, and you know, the way, you know, our last in 2016, I think we did, it was about 137 deals in that one year. You know, we, we continuously find when you're in it that people need help, right? So, you know, you know, fixing and flipping, a lot of people have shied away. You know, the margins are a lot less, you know, and, and you know, I just stick to my criteria. I mean, if you're going to do a fix and flip and it's going to take you four months, you know, if you're not making, you know, 10 grand a month, you know, over, if you're not making 40 grand for that four month period, you really shouldn't be spending your time. But if it meets that criteria, you know, there's no reason why you should not be doing it. If you have, you know, a little bit of understanding with construction, you know, you don't have general contractors are taking advantage of you. But, you know, I wouldn't stop doing it. You know, I think, um, you know, it's a little bit extra work. That's why everybody likes to do wholesaling and stuff. But, you know, I had set up a shop where we used to, you know, earn off of a wholesale. Sometimes we'd sell it to ourselves, you know, because you have to pay the kitty if you're using other people's money. And then you can do the fix and flip and have a second stream of revenue, you know. Yeah. Um, do you offer a fund or some way for people to have you invest their money in real estate? You know, we you know we have done some fund structures. You know, we have private investments opportunities now that people, you know, could call you know and 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 find out more. One is a thirteen acre uh, property in Bedminster, New Jersey, a very affluent area where we're doing. Um, some market rate and affordable housing. We also have a storage play there. We have uh, another residential site in Bridgewater. You know, I'm doing some stuff in Chester, New Jersey. So we do have stuff. It's more like on the private side. Um, you know, and we have done some exempt offerings, um, you know, which we're considering in the future. Right now, we don't have actually one live. Exempt meaning a fund for accredited investors. Is that what you mean? Yes. And so you come up with these occasionally, and you don't have one at the moment, but you might do that in the future as well? Yes. But we do have private investments. You know, if anybody wants to get in touch through the website, you know, they could reach out to us, and we'll be glad to give them our, you know, our hot sheets on projects that we have and in the front. What are the typical minimums to invest in one of those things, Ken? The one we have now actually are $500,000 positions. Um, you're syndicating yeah. it. A lot of people would be investing in the same property. Say that one more time. I'm sorry. You're syndicating it. There would be a lot of people investing in one property. You know, we, 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 I guess you can use that. Yes. Terminology. We, we try to restrict it to, you know, a few like this one offering we have just has three positions. That's it. So we're not really getting into the masses. You know, I'm, you know, I like to just kind of keep it clean, but you know, it's, it's a little unique in, in that sense. And so this is for current income once it's built and then long-term appreciation. Is that the purpose of it? Yes. And so what kind of cash on cash return would people expect on these kind of projects? Just roughly. Yeah. On this specific one at the first sale event, it's, it pays about 58% and it leaves the, uh, leaves the investor with actually about a 13.9 yield on the, the small amount of money that's left into the deal. Uh, pretty substantial. It's and the value on a on a five hundred thousand dollar investment on that yield, I think would it's, it's close to four million. 
Uh-huh. Very good. All right, we're going to take another break. Uh, this is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ken Van Lu. He is a real estate expert. Uh, his book is called Modern Wealth Building Formula, How to Master Real Estate Investing. You can see more about him at his website, KenVanLu.com. We'll be back after this. Wish you were in early on some of the best-performing IPOs of 2019 and 2020. Our crowd investors were. And now you can join them in what's next. With our crowd, accredited investors have access to invest directly, easily, and most important, early. Our crowd investors have benefited from our crowd companies going IPO, such as Beyond Meat, or being bought out by companies like Intel, Nike, Microsoft, and Oracle. Our crowd's investment professionals leverage their extensive network to review some of the most promising private companies and startups in the world. Their in-depth due diligence includes meeting with management teams and generally comprehensive vetting of deals they decide to make part of their own portfolio. Once our crowd has selected a deal, they offer accredited investors the opportunity to invest alongside them with the same terms. If you're an accredited investor, you can join our crowd for free at OURCROW.com slash moneyanswers and review the current deals. No payment is involved until you decide to participate in a deal. As you review deals, you have access to our crowd's investor relations team who can also talk to you directly on the phone about your personal investment goals. The investment professionals at our crowd have already reviewed thousands of companies, invested hundreds of millions of dollars, closed investments in over 200 companies, and chosen dozens of companies that have made exits. Accredited investors can participate in a single company deal for as little as $10,000 or one of our crowd's funds for as little as $50,000. Today, you can join our crowd's investment in Nexa D3, a 3D manufacturing innovator that's shaping the fund on a projected $150 billion market. Nexta 3D's best-in-class solutions give customers a productivity advantage of 20 times their competitors at up to 85% lower cost. You can get an early on Nexta D3 and other unique opportunities at rcrowd.com slash answers. The rcrowd account is free, so just go to ourcrow.com slash answers. Stocks, bonds, investment opportunities, financial news, and talk. We can help. Call us now toll-free, 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Do you or someone you love have a life insurance policy that's no longer needed or not affordable? Did you know that you can sell your policy for cash? Your reason for buying life insurance has probably changed. Thousands of Americans turn to life insurance settlements to help sell their policies. They act as your representative, getting the highest market offer for you. You've got nothing to lose by simply inquiring. If you're over 64 with $100,000 or more of life insurance, you may already qualify. Call 877-485-6681 to get your free non-binding appraisal or visit FundingLife.com. Life Insurance Settlements. Discover the true value of your life insurance. 877-485-6681. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. 
tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ken Van Lu, a real estate expert. Uh, his book is called Modern Wealth Building Formula, How to Master Real Estate Investing, and you can find out more about him at his website, KenVanLu.com. Welcome back to the show, Ken. I'm here. Thank so you. So there are three paradigm shifts that people need to make about real estate. The first one is that you don't need lots of money to invest. I guess people think generally you need a lot of money to invest in real estate. Why is that not true anymore? You know, I found that, you know, after reading a book when I was 18, you know, how to buy real estate with no money down when I couldn't even afford to buy a car actually is possible um, in the sense. I mean, you have to use other people's money, but in many cases, I think people get stopped in their tracks because of this belief system. And, you know, I've proven that, you know, through several deals and using the formula that you could do it using very, very minimal money, if not any. Yeah. The second paradigm shift is that you don't need experience to invest. Why is that a shift? You know, what I've found, you know, where I was a construction guy and everybody has a skill set. That's why, you know, anybody that gets into modern wealth building formula or some type of form of syndication, you know, it's about, you know, you probably recall the, the dream team. It's about building a dream team, you know, in 1992 when the, when the NBA basketball you know, pros went and created the dream team, you know, for the Olympics was about the time that I was doing my, you know, my first development. And I really didn't know what to do, you know, and I found that, you know, making an inquiry downtown where like, excuse me, sir, you're not allowed to solicit, you know, um, but, you know, in, in being down here, I'm like, well, you know, there's got to be a, you know, a council who used to be on the board. Let me see if I can get in touch with him. And that led to an architect, which led to a planner, which led to a zoning consultant. And I built this incredible dream team that guided me through the process that enabled me to make a million dollars. And, you know, I would not have thought that I could do that. And through that process, you know, it really created a paradigm shift for, for, you know, just bigger and, you know, projects and all types of great things to, to write this book. And you're saying the third paradigm shift is your geographic location does not impact the formula. So you're saying you can do it anywhere? Yeah, yeah, I mean, what I found with the formula and the beauty of it is, you know, when I when I first in 2008, when the market crashed, you know, I I was doing magic for a while. I was a professional magician, believe it or not. But at that time, I created a program called real estate. It was it was called eight figure deals with no money down. It was about this project that I did. You know, and, and, you know, and then I found as, as I, you know, as I learned that, you know, I realized that that was kind of in the stratosphere and I, I wanted to be able to create programs that would teach people the full spectrum of real estate because something 
that's in the stratosphere that people can't understand or it's just touching 3% of the market. I said, you know, what can, you know, what, what am I trying to accomplish here? My goal was that I wanted to, you know, provide an education that will teach anybody in the full spectrum of real estate. And what I found in that journey is that the formula not only blankets every type of real estate. So you could use the formula whether you're doing wholesale or fixing and flipping or commercial or an entitlement or a skyscraper. You know, it, it, it blankets it in every case, and it actually works in any type of market. Now, some markets where prices are high, if you're using the formula like on a residential, you know, it may be more challenging. But in that same market, if you use it on a commercial or a development, it works fine. So there are slight adjustments, you know, especially like in this metropolitan area where, you know, you spend thousands of dollars in rent and sometimes, um, you know, you, you just can't make the numbers work, um, you know, because of because of that, you know, the, the number, the prices is just too high. But in the lower markets, it works. So in general, do you like to go in thriving markets with good demographics, things are moving up where they might be higher priced? Or are you like a bargain basement guy who likes to invest in depressed places where their prices are cheap and have upside? Yeah, a, a little bit of both. I mean, you know, if you know, I, I wouldn't say on the depressed side, but I mean, if if I'm, and not necessarily me, but if I'm recommending to a client that they want to build like a, a residential portfolio, like I would say, you know, you don't want to try to do it in New Jersey in these areas, but if you do, you'd want to go into more of the affordable areas you know, where the pricing is a little cheaper. Different parts of the country, you don't have that, you know, problem because, you know, the numbers are a little lower. And, you know, you, you can maneuver um, a little better. But, um, you know, I don't know that there's, um, if I understood your question, you know, any anything specific, um, you know, that you would target other than it will work in, in any market. Who is the right psychological profile to invest in real estate. I mean, people come out of school being taught to be employees, not to be entrepreneurs for the most part. So what kind of mindset do you need to be a successful real estate entrepreneur and in dealing with all the uncertainties and complexities of a real estate deal? Yes. You know, I mean, it really comes down to, you know, self-esteem, self-confidence and belief system that you can do it, you know, and, you know, I mean, you've heard it a hundred times, you know, if you if you can get control of your emotional state, you know, it's it's fifty percent of the, the battle. But, you know, in you know, in this case, you know, I think just believing is is probably more like ninety percent of the battle. Like if I if I didn't believe that I could do the impossible, you know, I would have never taken those steps forward, you know. And and you know, I mean it's belief system. It's um, it's resourcefulness, you know, because there's so much resource out there. It really comes down to ask yourself the question, you know, do you have the resourcefulness to make it happen? Like, you know, you know, you have to pick up the phone. You have to bring people from hello to yes. You have to influence them, you know, through integrity. You have to, you know, have a certain process mastery. You have to have a certain self mastery. So, I mean, there's a lot of different components, you know, so it really comes down to, you know, not getting discouraged, never giving up, um, surrounding yourself with mentors, never being afraid to ask for help, and and just believe in yourself. When you go into real estate, you have to have a longer-term view, but 
what's happened in the last two years seems like the world can change right under your feet. Every in, in 2018 or 19, everybody thought that central cities were going to do really, really well, and people were leaving the suburbs to go into the city. And now a year later, it's the complete opposite. Everybody's leaving the cities and going to the suburbs. How do you deal with that as a real estate investor who has to have a long-term view? Yeah, well, you know, like anything else, it, it is a long-term view. So it's kind of similar that, you know, there's a there's a stock market adjust. You know, there's a, there's an incident that occurs. You know, you pull your money out, you know, too soon. You realize a loss, you know, and then six years later, you're going, why did I do that? And I think we have a similar situation now. You know, it's really a long-term play. You know, most real estate transactions I get into, you know, I don't even look at getting out, you know, and, you know, for at least 10 years. So I think in this situation, you know, it's going to just weather the storm. So you think that the people buying in central cities, even though the cities have gone down a lot, will weather the storm, but they have to have the cash flow to be able to do it. If they're not getting rent from their properties, for example, they've got to be able to survive for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. No, there's there's no question. Do, do I think, um, you know, people are repelled from the city right now? I don't think so. I think what's caused people not to be going into the city is that, you know, the, the, the transient nature of the corporation stopped everything. That's where it's dead halt. You know, I don't, I don't think people don't enjoy living in New York, and that's why I think, you know, it's going to eventually just, you know, restore itself. I mean, commercial is definitely a big question. You know, we're all trying to figure that out right now. Yeah, but temperamentally, as an investor, you have to have a long-term view. This is not a, a get-rich-quick kind of thing. I mean, people have gone into real estate, no money down, fix and flip, as a kind of get-rich-quick kind of thing. You're saying that's that's not a healthy way to look at it. No, nah, this is not, you know, like, you know, like, you know, what happened with Bitcoin or, you know, you know, I, I hear stories about stocks and, yeah, I go, wow, I wish I knew how to do that, you know, but, you know, um, I don't, I've never really found any really get-rich-quick schemes. You know, real estate is a long-term play. You know, it's, it's, it provides you, you know, what you need. And then, you know, ultimately one day it's all about your cash flow. You know, once you have enough money coming in and you don't have to pull out of the driveway, you know, you're in pretty good shape. Yeah, very good. We're going to take another break. This is Jordan Goodman of The Money Answer Show. My guest this hour is Ken Van Lu. Uh, he is an author of a real estate book called Modern Wealth Building Formula, How to Master Real Estate Investing. You can find out more at his website, which is KenVanLu.com. We'll be back after this. The average human drinks 92 Coca-Cola products a year. The average American drinks 403. Over a century, Coke grew into a multinational, multi-billion dollar corporation. So when Coca-Cola changed their recipe to what they called New Coke back in 1985, the backlash was swift and severe. And the man who drove it, Chairman Robert Guizega, pulled New Coke from the shelves in a matter of months. Wondry's Business Movers explores how the reformulated New Coke disrupted Coca-Cola's public perception. The story of New Coke is often seen as a classic case study in how not to launch a product and a cautionary tale of an out-of-touch executive who defied conventional wisdom and played a dangerous game with his company's signature product. The real story of New Coke is far more complex and more human. The story of Robert Guizega's improbable rise and his controversial decision to change the recipe for Coke starts decades before the launch of New Coke, 
in the midst of a violent political revolution in Havana, Cuba. There's lots to learn about how to run your own business and pay attention to your customers from the story of the failed launch of New Coke. So it'd really be worthwhile for you to listen to this episode and subscribe to Business Wars to learn other compelling stories about how to win in the business world. Listen to the newest season of Business Movers on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or listen ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Wondery, feel the story. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Are you a homeowner tired of making monthly mortgage payments with little progress towards paying down your principal? Does paying off your home in five to seven years without making larger or more frequent payments sound appealing? Paying off your home in full in five to seven years is really possible thanks to Truth and Equity's Mortgage Equity Optimization System, a money management approach that puts your money to work for you 24-7. If you own a home with some equity, have a decent credit score and verifiable income, you owe it to yourself to learn more about Truth and Equity's program. There's no need to replace your mortgage or refinance in many cases. The system works for new home purchases as well as current mortgages. Your home is your largest investment. Own it outright in five to seven years. Call Truth and Equity, 888-262-5540 or visit truthandequity.com, 888-262-5540. Jordan Goodman is an affiliate. He recognizes quality solutions, forming relationships to help improve the lives of his listeners. You've been listening to The Money Answer Show with Jordan Goodman. If you have a question for Jordan or his guest, please call us now at 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Now back to Jordan. Welcome back to The Money Answer Show. This is Jordan Goodman, your host. My guest this hour is Ken Van Lu, author of Modern Wealth Building Formula, How to Master Real Estate Investing. And you can find out more about Ken at his website, KenVanLu.com. Welcome back to the show, Ken. Welcome. Tell, tell people some of the things they can find at your website, KenVanLu.com. Yes. You know, the, the 11 secrets is something that I'd love for everybody to try out. And, you know, if you really want to talk to me and just get right into the nitty gritty, there's a button that says discover now. And you could learn a little bit about what I've done and what, you know, the success that has left clues. And you can then schedule a free 45 minute strategy session and talk with me direct. So these are what you've learned the hard way, what not to do, basically. Yes, exactly. Yeah. We wrote a report one time, like 60, 60 things not to do in real estate development. So why don't you just give us one or two of the th- lessons you've learned the hard way? Yeah, you know, the hard way is, uh, is, is not, you know, you know, look at data, you know, a lot of times. You know, there's, there's been times where, you know, my due diligence you know, wasn't as extensive as it is today. You know, I learned that uh, a little bit extra due diligence always helps. But, you know, one of the lessons was, you know, due diligence, not checking with um, a certain foreclosure attorney and finding out after buying a property that there was a lien that was unexpected and half of our profits disappeared. That that was a, a tough learned lesson. Um, you know, getting control of properties where, you know, there was misinterpretation of, of zoning and things like that. So I guess it's really been around um, due diligence. And, uh, and then, you know, one of the, the, the funny things was, is one time we actually bought 
a lot that didn't have a house on it. <laughs> and uh, it, it kind of happened by accident. But the funny thing was, is we created an opportunity around it. And we ended up selling it to a guy that, that went to build the lot. And, and that learned that, you know, make sure that you do a drive-by. <laughs> <laughs> so what you think is there is not always there, huh? Yeah, exactly. You have, you call the 12 myths of real estate investing. One of them is you must have a lot of free time to make more money. Why is that a myth? Yeah, you, you know, you know what I've found is sometimes, you know, the busier you are, the more effective you are because you're, you're forced to time block. And, um, you know, and you just, I, what I found is you just work smarter. You know, it's about working smarter. You know, sometimes people don't realize that by making some micro distinctions in the way that you time block and vertically innovate to the people that are already in your circle has a tremendous impact on your bottom line. You know, and people, you know, think that, you know, you need more time to do that. And I just disagree. Another of your myths is that if you don't manage residential, then commercial is out of your league for sure. So you're not saying you should always go from residential to commercial. You could go directly to commercial. No, I, I think it's more um, the sense that, um, you know, that someone would think, well, you know, if, if, if I can't even manage residential, how am I going to manage commercial? And and I've kind of, you know, changed my thought process, you know, you'll People have heard me say I could build in reverse, you know, and my, my thought is, is that there's a, a top-down thinking that people, you know, don't necessarily believe in, where you don't necessarily have to start the ascension path in real estate at the bottom. You could actually descend upon that path at the top, you know, and, and you know, white knuckle it a little bit because, you know, you're, you know whatever you're learning at that level is going to apply downward. But you're going to, I find, you know, much more rewarding, you know, if you take that approach and, and that shift in your belief system. Another of your myths is that the majority of commercial income properties are advertised. Are you saying that the really good deals are never on the official market? Yeah, normally when properties get on the market, I shy away from them. I, I use the expression, they're cooked, you know. And don't get me wrong, not all of them are, but most of them are. And... Um, you know, it's just like when you go out and look for a job, you know, people have this false impression that, you know, these these websites, you know, I, I, you know, like job fairs or whatever on the Internet have all the jobs. And I, and I truly believe that's probably about 10 percent of the jobs out there. And the same things for deals. You know, yeah, I mean, there, there are some deals, but, you know, there, there's a whole other agenda versus finding, you know, um, you know educated or, or non-educated, um, you know, sellers that motivated sellers, you know? Yeah. One of your other myths is you have to be a white guy in an Armani suit who lives in the city. Is, is that not true anymore in real estate? <laughs> no. no, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't even wear suits anymore, but, you know, I'll <laughs> tell you, there's some hustlers out there, you know, and they got, they got like colored hair and <laughs> earrings and tattoos and, you know, they're, they're doing just fine for themselves. I mean, you know, I'm a little bit more old-fashioned, you know, I, I believe in, in a slightly different approach. I believe in presentation, 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 but I'm not saying that you have to do a certain thing to gain respect. So, you know, times are changing for us, Jordan. You know, I, I'm looking at you with a tie on here, so, you, you know, you know what I mean. 
You also say that the myth is that you must either be part of an elite or born into an ultra-rich family or have connections at City Hall or high places to be successful in real estate. Why is that not true? Yeah, you know, that was one of my thoughts, you know, in building for all these large developers when I was first getting started, you know, I really thought you had to, you know, be born into the family. And, uh, you know, they all had fancy cars, fancy watches and fancy clothes. But, you know, I, and I, I had the, the philosophy, you got to kind of have to dress to the position you may want to fill one day. But in, in that journey, I realized that, you know, you don't have to be born into the family and you don't need to. Um, necessarily do it the way people think. You know, you're not deprived. You know, you have all the opportunity that everybody else does. You end your book with what you call the elevator to the penthouse, how to get there and stay there. So your message is that most anybody can be successful in real estate if they apply the lessons you have in your book? I truly believe that. You know, we have have a system in here that shows you how to find, fund, and facilitate real estate. And it's it's not as complicated as the stock market, you know, in my opinion, um, you know, but there's nothing wrong with the stock market. Just make sure you have a very trusted broker and understand, you know, where they're at. But I think real estate, you know, is is something, you know, buy right. Um, make sure that the, the, the revenue covers the expenses and hang on to it. You know, it's not rocket science. Because most people think it is rocket science. Who don't know much about it is what you're saying. Is that you can teach them to 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 build rockets? Basically, is what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. You know, like it. You know, it it, it takes. You know, if you're into sports, you know, you get a playbook at the beginning of the season. You know, you don't know all the plays on day one, and you learn. You know, the first three, the first week, and the next three, the next week. But it's not like you need to learn a hundred things. You, know, you can learn eight things about real estate, and you can make a lot of money. Right. You know, and that's, you know, what you have to look at. You know, it's, um, you, know, you, you know, it takes a, a minute to get your arms around an 800 pound gorilla. But once you get it, your arms around it, you know, you now have a new comfort level. Right. It's like life is almost like a bubble. You know, you're in this bubble and these opportunities are popping up outside the bubble. And your choice is you can either expand the bubble, which is your comfort zone. Or those things are going to pop your bubble, you know. <laughs> Very good. Well, thanks so much. My guest this hour has been Ken Van Lu. He's a real estate expert. Uh, his book is called Modern Wealth Building Formula, How to Master Real Estate Investing. And you can find out more about him at his website, KenVanLu.com. Thanks so much for being a great guest on The Money Answer Show, Ken. Thank you, Jordan. It's been a complete pleasure. Great conversations today. Very good. Thanks so much, and we'll be back next week with another edition of The Money Answer Show. Goodbye for now. Thank you for joining Jordan Goodman and The Money Answer Show. If you have a question for Jordan, please visit his website at www.moneyanswers.com. And be sure to tune in every Monday at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time right here on Voice America Business. See you next week.